You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Welcome, audience. Welcome, Sid Talk. Hello. Thank you. How Hello. are you doing? Uh, I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm very good. The audience, how are you? What was the before? Oh, the before the after the show discussion was me looking at the news on Twitter about Nigeria. Yes. Well, so, just that Twitter got canceled on Nigeria. Which is... Sounds like a big deal. Awkward. Go and look it up. There was an incident <laughs> with Nigeria being banned from Twitter, the whole country, not just one person. All right. So it is Saturday, June the 5th. This is after the show number 687. We're a movie review podcast. We're going to review a movie this week. And the movie we're reviewing is called Land. It's a 2021 movie. It's out on Blu-ray on May the 11th. So you can pick this up now. We're a bit late, Sid Talk. Late to the party. What kind of people are we? <laughs> we are busy, right? Busy. Isn't that what people say with their head, their hand to their forehead with that forlorn look? I'm just so busy. I don't have time. I guess we got around to it eventually. So. Correct. It's available now. It's rated PG-13. It's on Blu-ray and on streaming services it's from our friends at Universal who sent us a copy of the Blu-ray for review. Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of this movie. A woman, right? We're there so far. A woman is basically escaping from society. We don't know why. She goes up on a mountain to a cabin and attempts to survive. Right. What's I'll give that? you the one off the um, box. And I cried. Is that Are part you? of the synopsis? I, no. w- I cried. That's more of a review segment. <laughs> All right, I'll give you the one off the box. It is one line, oh which is unusual for a synopsis of a movie. Very. But the line says, a bereaved woman seeks out a new life off the grid in Wyoming. Oh, Wyoming. Okay, we didn't know for sure no. where we were. Okay. We thought it was... Well, no, I didn't think it was... Uh, I only know of one town called Quincy, Illinois, and that's the name of the town right. in this movie, but it wasn't Illinois, because they so were mountains. So it's Quincy, Wyoming. Right. All right, so Sid Talk, what did you think of the movie Land? I loved it. I cried. The end. That's it. I mean, sometimes simplicity matters. I just loved it. It was emotional, highly emotional, and relevant to some of the people, not me personally right now, but to people that I know who the grieving process is unimaginably overwhelming, and it feels like you can't, like you I don't know, but from what I've observed and some people I care about very much, it is like in this movie, she says, why am I here? And the sister's like, well, because, you know, whatever, you've got work, whatever she said. And she goes, no, 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 no. Why am I yeah. still here? I'm checked out. Like, there's nothing else for me. And I think that's very relevant to people grieving any kind of loss. But, you know, so that's what it's about. It's not a cheery movie. <laughs> it's not a fast-paced so you know. there will be spoilers here i can't really discuss this without spoiling something okay i explain right so you want me to tell the plot <laughs> this woman just goes up to this mountain she doesn't 100 percent know what to do she buys a cabin she has books to tell her how to garden and hunt and all that kind of stuff but it doesn't work very good at first and then you know somebody comes along kind of accidentally, who can help her out with this. And what we find out is her family, her son and her husband, 
Spoiler, because it's kind of interesting not to know, well, I think. You don't have to say the circumstances. Okay. Well, they're no longer with. And so that's what she's escaping from, essentially, is that she can't go on without. And she says, I can't be around people. I don't want to be around people at all. And she kind of takes the stand that she's just going to go up there. And it's essentially like a slow suicide, I think, is the idea. I mean, it gets to that point Where almost. she's starving to death, yeah. But yeah. Um, then someone comes along and... Uh, kind-hearted human being who has their own pain to deal with. What I liked about that part was I thought it was going to be, I mean, it starts off, I, I would say the first hour, it's like this woman goes to the place, everything's kind of fine at first. It starts to get pretty harsh because of the weather and, you know, trying to fend for yourself in the middle of nowhere. And then it gets really bad. And then it gets so bad, it's probably going to end soon. Mm-hmm. And then this guy turns up. And when this guy turned up, I thought, oh, this is just going to be like some cliched, like... He saves her. Falls in love. I thought 100% that was what it is. I was almost rolling my eyes because I was like, I was into it until this guy turned up. (laughs) I mean, I like the guy and everything, Mm -hmm. but I can kind of see where this is going. He's the guy who's going to fix everything. And I was like, Yawn. But it's not that. And it's got a lot of layers and it's subtle. Correct. And it's not about like a guy comes and saves the woman. It's about another human being who comes along who, for whatever reasons, has his own loss to deal with. And he just can't not help keep her alive. I mean, he can't not do it. It seems like in his life he's chosen for his own reasons, which you find out. He just has to try to help her want to stay alive. The lady he turns up with, the nurse lady. Mm-hmm. she's actually puts it in a nutshell doesn't she she says you've got a, what she say you've got like a good heart or whatever because she's like why are you staying yeah because he's like i'll stay to help her she's half dead on the floor basically uh, yeah and it's just in him to help her right i mean it gets really sad oh yes <laughs> i mean it starts off sad if you think about it when yep. she's talking to her sister it's just sad from the beginning you right? know something's broken from the very start but that she needs yeah. to just get away from everybody and everything again when that opening scene started, I thought it was the cliched talking to the psychiatrist. <laughs> yeah. and then I thought it was going to be, oh, she's talking to a psychiatrist. And then the psychiatrist says, oh, why don't you go and live away from everything for try and get your thoughts together? I thought that was what that was, but mm. she was really self-psychiatrying herself. Is that a word? Psychiatrying? Self-psychiatry? Probably. It was really self-psychiatry. She needed to not have influence from everything she just needed to think and and that's what happens during the movie she distills everything down she has a box with her with photographs of her family in it that she can't even look at really can she she can't Mm -mm. and you see it that throughout the journey and throughout the thing she starts to chip away at like what she can't do in her mind and and open up doesn't she and i was going to say become happy but not happy no it's more like cope it Like, more like, I can deal with it now. Yeah, the weight of grief or trauma, right? Trauma of any kind. But in this situation, we're talking about grief. And she would have had trauma. When you watch, you find out how how that would have happened. The weight of it. Now, everyone copes differently. Some people, you would never know they're even, they're just like containing it all, right? And then they just plow through the world as if on the outside, nothing has happened. We don't know what's happening on the inside. But the weight of it. It's suffocating and it's all encompassing. You know, I think of my life or my daily life like I'm like I'm in a bucket or I have a bucket or I am a bucket, whatever. And it fills up 
right? So you go around a bunch of people and my bucket fills up very quickly. I'm, I'm done. I'm overflowing. I got to get away and be just alone to let my drain out the bucket. Grief is like it fills it up and fills it up and there's no, there's no escaping it. And so it, every single thing that tries to penetrate it and get in it, it's devastating. It's like you're reliving the first moment of the moment when you find out that someone's died over and over and, you know, I mean, that it's that powerful. And I think this is just one of those things where some, you have to accept that some people just cannot function the way we want them to until that has faded somewhat. And they've been able to empty out that bucket. And that's what she's doing just by sort of like self-inflicting pain, obviously, because surviving up on this mountain is not easy. But at one point she says, I just want to notice everything. I want to pay attention to everything now. And so we see her sitting and looking at sunsets and sitting and just looking out over the weather and observing the river, like slowly paying attention as if the world, back with people and things, there's no way for her to get back to pay attention to herself. Just be aware because you're so cluttered, aren't we? Like yeah. with everything around you. And so. And she doesn't even want this guy that she meets when he comes and goes. She doesn't even want him to discuss the outside world. True. She just wants to be alone, really, right? She doesn't, doesn't need, doesn't need him to turn already. up and tell her like that the Patriots won the Super Bowl or whatever it is. Like, she, like I said, the bucket's full. There's no escaping that until you can just yeah. do what she did. And I think we put a lot of expectations on ourselves and cultures and societies that the go, 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 do, 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 keep looking like everything's fine, regardless of what's happened. Oh, yes, we're going to pat you on the back and we're going to cry with you for a while and we're going to do the memorials. And we're going to feel really bad and we're going to bring you a casserole and blah, blah, blah. But eventually you're just going to have to get back to normal, hun, because we all don't want to be depressed all the time with you. So you're just going to have to suck it up, right? That's kind of, and then that forlorn look everyone gives you for the rest of your life, like, oh, we better not bring it up, right? Yeah. But you're supposed to appear that you're fine. You're supposed to go ahead and get the car insurance and pay the rent and deal with the guy who did your order wrong at the restaurant when absolutely nothing matters to you. Like nothing, not your own life, not whether or not you have, haven't taken a shower for a month. I mean, like nothing matters to you, but, but the world wants you to pretend like everything's normal. And another non, I was saying earlier, this could be really just like you've seen it before kind of thing, but she doesn't like turn up and she's got bottles of whiskey with her or she's, <laughs> no. you know, she actually hasn't got anything like that. She's not like, Oh, I'm, broken and I'm drinking or I'm doing drugs or mm -mm. she's just a person who's I've decided to do this thing. I brought some cans of tuna. What <laughs> else soup. did she brought? Soup and Canned cans food. of chili and Hormel stew and crackers, you know. Possibly not enough. Well, I think seems. she did have enough, but what did she have an encounter with? Oh, she had an encounter. Oh yeah, there is yeah. an action scene in this movie. It's woman versus nature at one point, woman versus herself yeah. the rest of the time. Um, yeah, a bear comes to visit and tears the shit out of everything. And all of a sudden her planning, which she did pretty well, right? You could calculate, okay, if I'm just going to go here for five years and just get away from everything, I know I have to have food. Everything else I could probably figure out, right? Lighting a fire in the fireplace and all that stuff. But I have to have food. So she brought enough canned goods basically. And then the bear destroyed all of it except a little bit. What do you think of the cinematography, the way this looks? I love it most of the time. So I love the overall vibe of it. It's very, what would you call it? I would call it 
the kind of movie that washes over you. It's like it's not trying to be flashy. It's just like mm. it's kind of like a it's lot of sunsets colorful. and beauty of the land and yeah, not a lot of crispy, clear shots either. So the cinematography, in terms of the photography, there's not a lot of. It's not 4K looking. We're talking about. There's one point where they're looking at the mountain in the distance and it's really wiggly. Well, that's just like a high zoom kind of a thing where. Yeah, I noticed that. I get the idea like, oh, well, we're driving and everything wiggles when you're driving down the road, but it doesn't really. But you get stuff like that and it's not super sharp and clear all the time. And, you know, it's of the times. It's like it's also a uh, 16 by 10 aspect ratio. Mm. I had to figure it out in my head at the beginning. I was like, okay, this fills the screen top and bottom, but doesn't to the left and right, which is odd because you don't usually see that, do you? You've usually got bars Mm. at the top and bottom or bars all the way around. like. This one just has like these tiny bars on the side. I don't know if it added anything to it. I don't know. Maybe it made it feel like home movie-ish or something. Is that what some of those shots were going for? Kind of like raw, you know? I don't think it had any impact whatsoever because you don't even notice it after about two seconds. I, mean, I, it's I, so I noticed it different. the entire time. Right, but you're one of those people. I mean, I, it's literally like on our 104-inch screen diagonal. It was like two inches on either side. I'm a bit it's of an barely aspect ratio nerd, though. Hmm. There's many movies where I said the first episode of The Mandalorian, for instance, uh, this season, when they did that cool aspect ratio shift. And I said, oh, my God, that's so good. It made it really cool. And you were like, what? I didn't <laughs> see anything. I didn't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just talking to two different people, basically. Yeah. Let's go on to the cast here. Robin Wright plays Edie Holzer. Robin Wright. What did you think? Well, you know, I always love, I love my Robin, my princess Buttercup. Yeah, when we didn't watch uh, House of Cards, which she's very famous for, mm-hmm. right? To me, she's only famous as Princess Buttercup. And yeah. I know that's not fair. Oh, she's also the wife in Unbreakable. Oh, she is. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. I know. Unbreakable, very good film. <laughs> very good. Um, I really got her in this. I thought she played it perfectly. Oh, yeah. She's like. I was into it. She's like pretty brave in it. In in terms of like not looking glamorous all the time. And Absolutely. Just being a person who's out in the wilderness. Sometimes she looks glamorous, sometimes she doesn't. But you know, it's just a regular person. And I bought that. Her emotion, when she was looking through the photos and she was crying so hard. Oh, that's why There was I a got lot me. of tears coming out of her eyes. That got me. Yeah, I bet it did. I could tell you were going. I was sniffling and I was, tra- yeah. I was biting my lips so I wouldn't go like. <gasps> <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> well, you're so sweet. Well, I'm not really sweet because all mm. I'm, well, maybe. I mean, you feel, you feel emotions. I feel some things. <laughs> I mean, mostly. I have a wife that feels emotions. I have a tendency to not feel things for people often. I'm not an empathetic, compassionate type, like overtly, you know, I don't instantly feel bad for people. So I'll examine everything. But then when you strip away all the stuff and you realize there, this is a real thing. Like this isn't like fictional you know, oh, my king didn't come to save me thing or whatever. Some dumb fictional thing, right? This is a real human thing is that death of other people that you love in your life is it's insurmountable. You know, it yeah. actually is. We just have figured out ways to kind of get a go through it, whatever. That is what gets me is that just that acknowledgement by a writer and director that it's not just like I bring up 
Another sad movie often is uh, Manchester by the Sea. And it is one of those two where this dude is just trying to cope. And when he has the conversation with his ex-wife, where they're standing there, you know, and then she starts crying, that's another one of those like, oh my God. It's just the impact of that. I won't tell you what it's about, but that's hardcore too. We've got Damien Bashir as Miguel. He's the guy she meets along the way. He's really good. He was, I think he was um, just as good as she was. He oh, was yeah. Really, really, really good. Because it's very emotional what he has to go through with her, too. You know the time where he's leaving and she says, I'll get you something to show your niece because she doesn't believe I exist. Yeah. And you know, you kind of get the idea. It might, well, it may, even in my mind, I don't know what you were thinking, but I was like, I don't think he's coming back soon. Yep, exactly. And you can see it in his face. Oh, God, it was... Even I was sad. Oh, that's very rare. You do have a heart too? I Fantastic. Do. It's good to know. Sarah Dawn Pledge plays Aloha. She's the nurse from the hospital who turns up with him. I mean, she's not in it a ton, but she's impactful. Yeah, very impactful. I was impressed. I liked her. And then Kim Dickens plays Emma. We know Kim Dickens from yeah. Fear the Walking Dead and Deadwood. Correct. I really like her. She's just in a couple of scenes here, basically, right? Yeah, but I bought her as the sister for sure. 100% yeah. for sure. Now, this is directed by Robin Wright also. She hasn't directed before. This is the first one. How did you think she did? Felt it. I don't know how else to describe it, but I could feel the intention. Like personal, it felt, even though I'm not sure if it is or not. I don't know. Mm, I, I don't mean, know. it's a pre-existing story from what I could gather from the credits. It's not like she she did this. Uh, I mean, it's a script that she okay. did. Yeah, I just felt like it was appropriate. You know, the long shots and the sky shots and the nature things and the slowness, the pace of it, which, of course, we always like you like to read your reviews of people who say it's too slow. It's too slow. But to um, me, it was perfect. I mean, it is. It's that kind of it's artistic almost. It's there's a lot of lingering shots of the wildlife or the, the landscape. Right. Mm hmm. It's not typical. Yeah. I mean, some people might be like, oh, God, get to the point. Right. I didn't feel that at all, but oh, no. I could I was thinking while I was watching it. Some people are going to go, what's happening and when's it when's it going to happen? When's action happening? But I didn't need a thing to happen because I was with her. Like what I do need to know is why she's so grieved and broken. Uh, did you feel the need to know what happened? And this movie satisfactorily tells you that, and I was oh. And it made me even feel worse. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so it's good at making you feel bad. <laughs> great that sounds great it's a good selling it's point. a great afternoon at the movies but you know what i think that feeling bad for other humans whether it's a fictional story or not humans or creatures representing the human condition however you want to put it if you can sit there and feel something based on their tale right their choices their traumas and get something out of it as in i if i could help that person, I would. I think right. that's massive, really. And again, I'm not a helpful person. <laughs> I'm really, really not. I might sound really great, but I have a tendency to lock on to how the thing happened. Was any of it your fault? Did you bring this on yourself? Was this a choice? I want to feel bad for you, but it's you're making it difficult, right? So I'm that person. I'm not the instant, like, Oh, no, that's so terrible. Like, I'm just not that person. I would love to be. It's not in my DNA. Right. So I feel like if I can feel that, you know, this 
sort of like, oh my God, if, if that was my sister and I'm, you know, this is why I think it had a lot of impact as well. My sister's husband died last November ish. I think it was November. I feel terrible for not knowing the exact date and that we're talking 2020. So it's only been a few months. Right. And so knowing that when I don't hear from her for four or five days or a week, you know, and my fingers on the button to be like, how are you? How are you? How are you? How are you? I have to not because she's not that kind of sister. She's this kind of sister. She is this woman. This is my sister would be the one to go on the mountain and be like, fuck y'all. I'm out until I'm, and she does. She lives way out in the country, out, out away from people. She'll stay out there for weeks at a time without having to go into town if she can avoid it. So I completely understood that 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 sister, right? I felt for the sister back in the city and living the life and just sort of probably continuously <laughs> worried about the mountain sister, you know? So I think that's another reason why I identify with it a lot. But to allow people and to figure out what they need and then to want to give it to them, you know, it tapped into that feeling for me. All right. With that said, let's move on to IMDb reviews. What are those, Sid Talk? That's where you go on to the internetmoviedatabase.com, IMDb, which has <laughs> <laughs> been around for... HTTP. HTTP? Colon. S, probably now, right? <laughs> yeah. Colon, forward slash, forward Backslash slash. www. <laughs> As my late father used to say, because he had a disdain for the internet when it first started, www. You know, he'd say real snotty-like. Yeah. Then you got to kind of appreciate it. So it's when you go there to that website. And if you don't know what a website is, you need to Google it. <laughs> Get what I did there? Uh, no, ask Jeeves. You'd be like ask you're, in, Jeeves. you're like in a loop or go to the library and look it up. I don't know. Whatever you got. Alta do. Vista. <laughs> That's also the Internet, though. You see, this is my point. You can't escape it. You go to the website, you look up in reviews on a movie and some of them get one little star and you think they're hilarious because right. when you love the movie, and they give it one star, you can judge them from a distance like they're just a terrible human being. But if you hated the movie and they gave it one star, you're like, what a genius. All right. So here's the first one star review from IMDb. This guy says, or girl, strange thing happened while watching this movie. I began listening to my hair grow. Nothing noble or entertaining about this boring movie. It's a nomad land copycat without any realism acting. And an emotional goldmine. A city girl moves to an off-grid cabin in Montana. Right. A handsome man just happens along to find her. Right. Why not a 70-year-old man with a long white beard and a pot belly? Has to be a handsome man. The movie has beautiful scenery, but if you want to catch something beautiful and interesting for two hours, I suggest you go look at a redwood tree. That sounds bitter. Also the way you read it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you give you give this person like a very bitter attitude. <laughs> I made them re I made them really bad. Do you like reckon it. they're seventy year olds with a pot belly, and that's why they want this person to be so seventy like, years with a pot Yeah, belly. maybe. All right. Um, I don't know. It's valid. It's their opinion. Go on, move on. Next one. This film starts with a woman talking with a therapist, and she's walking in the street. As turned out, the film is about need to move to a place to stay away from people. Entire film is full of boring stuff and overnoying, overnoying use scenes <laughs> such as over. Oh God, no, we've heard this before. What? Such we laughed at this one before. It's the same review but with a different uh, slant on it. Are you ready for this part? Okay, ready. See if you remember this. Okay. There's an overuse of a driving scene, an overuse of a walking scene, 
Overuse of calling people by their name scene. And at the end, Edie decides to call somebody. It's a wasting time to watch. <laughs> what the hell? I think that's like a generated, because we've read that before. I think it's generated. I don't understand this generated thing. I've heard other people say I this. Think I think that middle part is generated. Generated so, by what? So it can be longer. For what purpose? To uh, So it's a long review that uh, they don't have to write. Right, so who's? what are you saying? There's an app where you can go generate a yeah, dumb review for me? I think there me? is, yeah. So I look like an idiot? Is yes. that the name of it? I'm an idiot. Write a review for me. Anyway, I've definitely read that <laughs> review before for a different movie, but with words. Too much reports. driving scene, for for sure I remember that. Yeah, and we fo- I found it very funny until I realized now that <laughs> <laughs> there's probably more than one of those. Well, it's funnier that someone was so freaking lazy they don't even write it themselves. Is that what we're saying? Oh, my That's God. That's true. What is the world coming to? Now, there are some extras on this Blu-ray. There are just three. They are called Crafting Land, Robin Wright Feature Film Directorial Debut, and After the Trauma. They're standard, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I'm just going to say this. This is just my little rant. People who make extras for Blu-rays, can you just put microphones on people properly? <laughs> Because almost every time there is at least one person who hasn't been mic'd up properly and it sounds like they're in another room. It's weird. You're Stop talking it. about the person who sound like they called in, like you said, they're sitting in their bathroom. Yeah. But they might have been. They might it have was, been on the toilet. It was sure. 2020 slash 2021. People had to do what they had to do. But you do get a look at Robin Wright. Yeah. But they kind of talk about her as though. Well, she's on there. She is a little bit. It's fine. Let me say it's fine. It's fine. It's all fine. <laughs> So they are, those are the extras. So I'm going to give this movie a score now, Sid Talk. Uh, do I need a drum roll or something? Do you have a drum roll effect you can turn on for this? Okay. You're spitting on your microphone, but the okay. S- the score is, from me, a Scully, an 8 out of 10. High stuff. Uh, mine's a 9.5. Wow. Yeah. That's really up there. I love Robin Wright. So, you know, I, I'm biased. Nice. I can accept that. I just felt it. And again, it's because when you relate to the thing, and this could have been anything. This could have been an animated thing about dragons. If it had the same sentiment and the same delicate honesty, and I don't care what that person said about all of it seemed fake or whatever. It's an honest thing to say that some people need to deal with life in different ways. And you have to love them enough, let them go do their thing, or in his case, care about another human being enough to even knowingly invade the space a little bit. You know, he knew. He knew she wanted to be left alone to die, basically. But he just did it in the right way for the right reason, you know, so. There's a lot of subtle and complexity to the relationship they have, Mm -hmm. which isn't what I, you know, like I said, I thought it was going to be the plain, boring love story type thing. And it is not that at all, which I was surprised by. So, well, thank goodness for that. Yeah. Because it could have been boring and predictable, but it wasn't. Is that a song? Boring and predictable, boring and predictable, boring and predictable. That sounds like it came from Bob's Burgers. It isn't, but you're right, it could be. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you to Universal for letting us review the movie. Next week we'll review another movie. Because that's what we do here. (laughs) We're movie review people who review movies. We do. I mean, that's not all we do. I also grow a tomato or two, and you also play some video games and restore things like your wife's computer. Yes. Like a champ. All right, movie recommendations on the theme of this movie. I always go with the theme of the movie. Sid Top breaks all the rules. <laughs> Is there? Oh, wait. 
when were their rules established? Right yes. at the beginning of the podcast, um, uh, beginning of the, right at the very beginning. I, I think rules And you suck just got bored ass. with it and broke, broke it. I suck, they suck ass, and so I don't adhere to the rule. You're right. All right, so I'll use my rule book, and I will recommend you the movie Into the Wild, a movie. Yep. Like this movie, kind of, well, it's on the same line. And my other one is Nomadland, which I really enjoyed. I actually enjoyed Nomadland slightly more than this one. I'm not sure why. Mm, I, I did can't. not. You didn't? No. I think you give Nomadland like a 10 or a 9. You give it really high. Yeah, it's high, but I didn't enjoy it more. Maybe. I didn't enjoy either one of them, like as in like, woo, this is great fun. Yeah, but... not that way, but like, yeah. I like the experience. I like them both. It's a yeah. good double bill, Nomadland <laughs> and then Land straight after it. And, and then Magnolia and then Manchester by the Sea. <laughs> yeah. If you really want to be as unhappy and then as after you can possibly that, be. airplane <laughs> yes do something do something to alleviate the the trauma of it all and yours are mine are i'm not going by the rules i made it my own rules and so for this year i am going back to the 1980s to dig through all the movies i've ever seen and this is random i just made the list uh the first week of january i believe of this year and strangely enough both of my recommendations sort of hit on the idea of wilderness slash mountain whatever one of them is continental divide with belushi john belushi i've never seen that well you just have to it's like comedy but also a person seeking whatever right and saint helens which is they made this movie one year after the actual saint helens eruption which is really kind of bizarre a little bit um but it's basically just telling of some of the stories of people who were on the a fictional telling of what? stories I don't think I've seen that either. St. Helens, it's kind of like a movie of the week almost, like a right. TV movie-ish. Like the Poseidon that. Adventure or something. Do you mean like as in it's a big disaster movie? Yeah, but yes. on the TV. Like, yeah. yeah, but I'm saying that I could be wrong and insulting every single person who worked on that. Project. I would probably, probably. Probably. That's very highly possible. So that's it. St. Helens. All right. And Continental Divide. A Scully stuff for this week. I've been playing more Biomutant. I talked about that a lot last week. It's really a cool game. RPG. You can get it now. It's on PlayStation 4, 5, Xbox. It's from THQ. Uh, I haven't played as much of it this week. It kind of kind of slowed down on it. Is that a bad thing? You slowed down on it? or Yeah, like it didn't. Like when I turned my PlayStation on, I wasn't instantly clicking on it anymore. I think that's fine. I mean, that's fine. Is life. it like I've, had, I've kind of done enough of it? or? Um. Is that what's going to happen the day you wake up and you're not interested in me anymore? You're just going to click on some other wife? Yeah. Was there a warning for this? I can look for warning signs <laughs> of any kind. The other game. No, I think that's fine. That's normal. Um, People like me and you, you and I, whatever. Sorry, Mrs. Watkins, wherever you are in the other of the universe. But um, I don't know the you and I, you and me thing very well. But you and I dig in, right? You get into a thing and you're all in. Yes, you, absolutely. You play that music until you are not sick of it. I don't get sick of things. I just get like you just said, you one day you approach the thing and then you're like, oh, the fire isn't burning anymore for me to the satisfaction, whatever it is. You know, we're talking about hobbies and entertainment, things like that. Um, you can't just do that when you have a job. I guess you could, but I haven't done that. But I we're both all in. And then when you're done, it's immediately time for a new thing. Right. So I get it. I think that's fine. Well, this is not a new thing, and this is Returnal. And uh, I'm still... I didn't think I would like this game. <laughs> but it 
I, I feel like it's really close to my favorite game of this year so far. We're halfway through the year almost. Uh-huh. There's something about it that keeps making me go, well, I've got 10 minutes. I'll have another crack at this. And then I die horribly because it's very <laughs> difficult. And then I go, fair enough. And if it was another game, I might just go, oh, forget that. But I keep firing it back up again. So there's something to say for that, right? Absolutely. Because it's like an arcade game like Pac-Man. I've said to you in the past, I can always press start on Pac-Man and play a round of Pac-Man. It never gets old for me. And what's my game like that? Centipede? Two games. Well, Centipedes, I don't have access to Centipede, we'll say, so much. But I have two games that are my go-to sort of not arcade Oh, well, City Skylines and The Sims. Well... I guess I don't categorize them the same. Oh, but solitaire, solitaire, and Tetris. If you give me Tetris, oh, absolutely, play the crap out of that. I can also do Tetris <laughs> forever. Like. Yeah, yeah. So I've got Tetris on my PlayStation, and I've got Returnal on my PlayStation, and I kind of see it as the same kind of like. I just need like a fix of a game for a few minutes. <laughs> a fix? Oh my god, we're like. I yeah. mean, that's how it feels. Like it I, I need to play a video <laughs> game right now. What's on the menu there? Oh, I would definitely pick. Tetris off the menu because I know what I'm getting. It kind of, even though Tetris is kind of hectic, it your mind switches off in a way because you have to concentrate on it. It's weird. But I see Returnal the same. It's like an old school shooter mob. It's just a fancy package that it's in. Mm-hmm. But I really love it. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to mention is on the Wii, there was a game by Suda51. I don't know if you remember this. It was called No More Heroes. Myself and my nephew played it on the Wii. We played them all the way through. They they involved a lot of waggling the remote around and being (laughs) crazy. Now, those games kind of, they were on the Wii. That's quite some time ago. And they drifted off into nothingness. Well, surprise, they're coming out on the PC this week, both of them, (laughs) remastered in 4K. I really love these games, so it's a no-brainer for me. But No More Heroes 1 and 2 are coming out on PC and then in the fall, No More Heroes 3, a brand new No More Heroes game. It's a very weird game, Sid Talk. It's uh, from Suda51, Japanese guy. The game basically is... Hold on, his name is Suda51? Yes. Okay. That's his name. That, that might uh, kind of explain how crazy he is. He's a crazy guy. Not necessarily. I don't think he's It's kind crazy. of bizarre and weird. Anyway, the game is like... Define weird. The, sec- the second uh, No More Heroes game is a game where you have to fight 50 bosses in a row (laughs) they're all very different there's a story behind each one and as you start whittling them down going down this line of things start to happen that break the fourth wall a bit and it's just really like you you're what you're playing it and you're like i've never seen anything like this (laughs) this is from the imagination of a lunatic or a genius. Why does it have to be crazy lunatic i would give i would i would definitely say genius it's like kojima who makes uh, Metal Gear Solid and Death Stranding. Know. Death Stranding feels like, to me, like it's out of the, the mind of some kind of author, masterpiece, composer. But like to other people who look at it, they go, what the hell is that? <laughs> it's from a maniac, like Twin Peaks also, right? Some people could look at Twin Peaks and go, who made this? What is this? But I look at it and go, this is the highest level of art I've ever seen. Goodness. High so, praise indeed. So those are the games for this week. Considering your art, your wife makes artwork, so it's a little bit of an insult. But okay. Yeah, but I mean, you're not I'm David Lynch. I'm not a Lynch. genius. What can I say? <laughs> I'm not what? You're not David Lynch. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, not in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Correct. I can't argue with that. And talking to David Lynch, if you do like David Lynch, go to his YouTube channel. It's hilarious. He has a YouTube channel, and every morning, and I watch it every day since the beginning of the pandemic, basically, mm-hmm. he will tell you the weather, not in your area, just where he is. <laughs> Literally looking out the window. Literally looking out the window. He'll tell you the weather, and he will give you the lucky numbers for the day from his mind. So if you're into that, it's David Lynch. <laughs> He's sat in a room, and he'll tell you those two things for free on YouTube. Right on. The world is amazing. The world is amazing. You are <laughs> correct. <laughs> I mean, we're just husband and wife sitting in a room with a couple of microphones talking to each other, essentially. But everyone in the entire world, except maybe some countries where we're blocked. I don't know. Could be, I guess, North Korea and other places can listen to us talking. Just anyone in the world. I mean, the space station people can listen to us. International I, Space Station. I believe they do. Maybe I should send them a tweet. Say, hey. If you got something, nothing to do with this hour and a half of your time, <laughs> or whatever yeah. it is. It's usually about 45 minutes. It's 45 minutes, that's nothing. Exactly. So if you want to play us throughout the space, International Space Station, that'd be great. All right. So what is for dinner? And why do we even care? About well, we our care because we'd starve to death without eating. So that's number one. Um, number two, because in 2009, well, the end of 2008, but then really committed to the beginning of 2009, uh, we, I don't like to say became, but I mean, we stopped eating meat. So vegetarian, we are not pescatarian. We do not eat fish. We're not vegan. I mean, we did become. You become, but you don't become it. You just stop eating meat. Yeah, true. I'm not a label person, but it's hard. I also don't like to label. Yeah. So we're not vegan because we do not, um, it's not a lifestyle choice. We do not abstain from all animal derived products with the philosophy that you know, we have to respect that they're not here for our use. That's vegan. I don't disagree with that philosophy, but I'm also not anti-eating meat. We just don't eat meat anymore. It was a health issue for me to begin with. And then I realized very quickly that I was on an adventure of a lifetime. I was 40 years old-ish, just had to have a hysterectomy, TMI, whatever, and uh, just needed a way to not have pain all the time without taking medication because also TMI. I like medication too much. So not eating meat seemed like the simplest solution. And very quickly, within the first two months, I was like, I don't even care. I couldn't give a shit if I ever ate another hamburger or a piece of chicken or a pig's leg ever again in my whole entire life. It just doesn't even, I don't miss it. Within a month of me buying you, I still bought you ham in the package. I think I bought you maybe one steak in that first month that I was buying tofu and different grains and weird stuff, weird in quotation marks to try it out because I'm like, okay, well, how do I cook after a lifetime of being taught by people who animals were our thing? We owned, we ran a stockyards when I was a kid, right? So it wasn't like, (laughs) I would say to people, I probably ate more steak in the first 40 years of my life than most people have access to in their whole life. So I was not ever opposed to the meat part. You then at one point said when I was going shopping, you don't have to buy me ham anymore, right? I'll just eat whatever you're cooking. And that was it. And that was 2009, and we haven't starved to death. Nothing bad has happened. In fact, you have stopped having things like ulcers in your mouth and whatnot. My blood pressure, even though it was below that already. That is true. There were many things I had, like... Yeah, gas. Know, yeah, all those kind of things just My went away. My cholesterol dropped by over a third of what it was. And, I mean, I already had low blood pressure, but now it's consistently... Low. And now, don't get me wrong, I'm not a healthy vegetarian. I'm very overweight. 
I do not exercise properly. Even doing my gardening just about kills me every time. <laughs> so it's not like we are anti-junk food or anything like that at all. So the reason we tell you about our food is because we still get and observe a lot of shit that people give vegetarians, which makes zero sense. And I like what Sarah Silverman said on her podcast the other day. Why do you give a fuck what anybody eats? It affects you zero. If I don't eat a dead cow for the rest of my life, and I'm not promoting anti-beef and all that shit, I'm just not eating it. Why would anybody give a shit? Why do you joke about it? Why do you want to tease me about it? Why do you want to post memes that make fun of vegetarians? I don't even understand it. It's like I don't have a sense of humor, so I don't get that. But you see it constantly. People cannot let go of this idea that there's something weird or unattainable or lacking in a vegetarian life or that it means something bigger. It doesn't mean anything. We don't give a shit what you eat, right? I mean, don't eat like people or children or your dog. But then again, I mean, what am I going to stop you? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, don't eat people and children. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah. Do what you want. No, don't eat people and children. (laughs) No, don't. I'm saying. So if you're going to listen to anything I ever say, that's the one thing. So the reason we tell you what we eat is because when I have been asked, even recently, so what is it you eat? What else is there to eat? Who are these people? What is that voice? Just anything at work. It could be anything like at the store where I'm buying something. One lady asked me once because I had um, veggie burgers. I was getting them out of the freezer. She's like, oh, how are those? Oh, I'm like, they're really good. We really love them, you know, and been vegetarian for quite a while. Oh, what else What else do you eat? And I'm like, every fucking thing on the planet that you can eat that isn't a dead animal. I do not understand the confusion. The world is almost covered with plant life and we can eat a lot of it, right? It's not, it's not a mystery. It's not hidden anywhere. It's like I can go in the yard and eat a dandelion. I actually can. It's not a big deal. So for tonight's dinner, we also get HelloFresh. We're not sponsored. I wish we were, but we're not. And this week, unfortunately, we didn't get to it for a couple of days. A couple of bits and pieces have gone a little bit mushy. So we're going to use what they have as a plant-based, quote-unquote, meat. And we're going to make burritos, which sounds really delicious. Yeah. All of that to tell you, we're eating burritos for supper. And All they're right. going to be amazing. I can assure you, if I fed you this, I'm not trying to convince you to be vegetarian. It's just delicious food. Who could argue with that? Nobody. And it's not a person or a child or a dog. Your advice to the folks and then we'll leave. My advice is that for me and for a lot of people, also something in society that we don't always honor or accept or allow to be the thing. But for me, the process of things, doing a thing is it. The end result, right, of any project or process to me is the end that doesn't always appeal to me. For me, the process, like with my gardening stuff, right? I say gardening stuff because I will know whatever, I will never claim to be a gardener, but I've learned a lot in the last few years, self-taught and YouTube taught and asking people I know. And all of that is what stimulates me, interests me, keeps me interested, keeps me like, I get up this week. I've got up like super early in the morning because, oh, it's going to get hot and I better get out and water that stuff and plant those tomato plants that I've grown from seed. Thank you very much. I need to get that done. Now, not a lot of other things could get me up early on a day off, right? A person who needs me, yes, maybe. 
Maybe. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> it depends on the circumstance. Going on a trip, because like this week I drove a long distance in one day for to get my nephew, so that can get me up. But going outside and getting sweaty and having my nose run and having bugs on me and get my hair stuck up my nose and stuck to my mouth, blowing in the wind, getting stinky and sweaty. Sounds great. It doesn't sound great. But for some reason, the process of learning all of this and the doing of it, it's just... It is affirming and I don't, I'm not that person either. I don't know how else to describe it. It is, I don't know what it is, but it is worth the entire process. And if in the end I get one tomato, one pepper, it is, it's, I saw one little tomato flower there and I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. But then almost instantly I get this feeling of, oh, that's the end of the journey almost. (laughs) That's almost the end of the process, right? Once the fruit comes and you pick it and you eat it and you're done. So the tomato isn't actually my, the thing for me. I'm, we're not starving because I don't garden well or anything. If I had to grow food, it'd be different, but I don't. And with any project, painting a big mural for my friend for Christmas card for her yard, you know, those big billboards or sewing a bunch of things for Christmas presents or learning how to can food or for you even learning the process of getting your audio right, fixing the speakers in the car. Once you've done it, it's almost a letdown, right? You've gone through the whole exciting journey. Fixing the um, garage door. Yes. But I mean, the end result of that was a little bit different because it was like, whoa, I did that (laughs) and it works, right? (laughs) But you uh, learning a thing that you've never even known about your whole life and looking it up and then finding the right part and then doing it and having to redo it, all of that was also the, that's like 90% of it. Getting it done, it's then, oh, what? what can I fix next? Right? So sometimes some people, the process is the thing, the end goal or the end result. It almost signifies like a letdown, right? That's maybe why I'm not a goal oriented person because the goal to me is like end of a fascinating, wonderful adventure. Well, and then what? that's how I look at movies. It's not about like what happens, like people like, Oh, the ending sucked. So I hate that movie. No, I, what did you experience throughout the whole thing? Yeah. You know, the ending, don't, you know, it's just the ending. Like, did you love the middle bit, though? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. I catch what you're throwing. Yeah. So that's it. The process is the thing. All right. Catch this podcast on ascully.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can also catch us on anchor.fm slash after the show, iTunes, Spotify. Where else? Tune in. Where else? They talk? I don't know. I don't keep track. All the places, podcasts. Uh, here's, surprise, surprise. This right now is when I listen to the podcast, so I don't oh. really have to do much. You you put the microphone in front of me, and then I talk. Thus, I have heard the podcast. I do not have to seek it out. Weirdly, um, each week, because <laughs> I do the editing of the podcast, I feel like I've heard it like several times by the end. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's where you can catch us. You can also email ascully at ascully.com. Don't email Sid Talk. Because she hates every single one of you. Is that the truth? Or are you lying? The truth is out there, Sid Talk. <laughs> and that is not the truth. And let me say before Sid Talk jumps in and rudely interrupts me and goes over the top, you know, says it before I do. Stay classy, Princess Buttercup. <laughs> and I'm going to say, think for yourself or someone will do it for you. 